Welcome to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, a podcast taking you to the front lines and behind the scenes of the work around the world. What you heard was an audio clip from nearly a year ago. I had the privilege to go to Ecuador with the podcast team to see an Operation Christmas Child distribution in person. The trip impacted me in many ways. For one, of course, to see the joy and excitement these kids share receiving their shoeboxes. Having kids ask me simple questions like, what is Play-Doh or a flashlight? And seeing the wonder of a light-up ball or scented markers that they've never seen before. But what also impressed me was the follow-up and the program, The Greatest Journey. The children hear the gospel for the first time at the distribution, but it doesn't end there. They are followed up by these local leaders, and many take the discipleship class called The Greatest Journey. They have fellowship and accountability moving forward. In light of COVID-19, we thought many of you would like an update of how we're going to move forward with Operation Christmas Child this year. With me today is Randy Riddle, the Senior Director of Domestic Operation Christmas Child. Everybody's wondering, what is Operation Christmas Child gonna look like come this fall? Great. So just like COVID is determining everything, schools, football, what is happening? I think we've had so many questions. So we'd just love to hear from you and talk to me about what the season looks like for Operation Christmas Child. Thank you for having me. It's a real privilege to be here with you. Uh, As I take a look at Operation Christmas Child and uh, our desire to get the gospel to millions upon millions of children every year, including 11 million this year, And as I uh, have the chance to speak with staff and Mm -hmm. year-round volunteers and short-term volunteers and church leaders, um, what we encourage uh, our volunteers with and our staff with is to look back on God's faithfulness. And uh, Operation Christmas Child has um, been blessed every year uh, with provision. And so as we take a look at this year being a very difficult year, Uh, We take a look back at other very difficult years like uh, uh, the year following September 11 or the year following Hurricane Katrina and Rita or the year following just the economic downturn here inside the United States. And so many things have happened inside the United States uh, and other sending countries uh, for Operation Christmas Child over the years. We, We can look back on God's faithfulness and that's what we're looking at now as we look at at this coming season. So um, the overall message here, uh, Christy, is that uh, children need hope now more than ever. Uh, it's not just the lives of adults that have been interrupted and disrupted. Uh, it's the lives of the church around the world and the lives of children around the world. 
Uh, and children need hope now more than ever. My children need hope uh, now more than ever. And of course, we have this privilege of knowing that our hope comes from Jesus Christ and our hope comes from the gospel. Uh, we're doing that and moving forward, but of course, planning for every contingency along the way. And so uh, our, our goal remains 11 million shoebox gifts. We're not blind to what's happening around us, but we're, we're looking at how to react to what's around us. And I know, you know, Samaritan's Purse has just been stretched in every way, putting on two emergency field hospitals at a time, you know, so everybody's been changing roles. How has Operation Christmas Child up until now been impacted by COVID? So Operation Christmas Child, of course, around the world uh, has had to operate uh, under guidance mm -hmm. uh, of local authorities and local laws around the world. Uh, the program has moved forward faithfully. Um, thankfully, the COVID outbreak didn't first occur during National Collection Week with mm -hmm. Operation Christmas Child or during processing season. Mm -hmm. So what it's impacted domestically uh, for the U.S. program and for other sending countries is, is our planning. Mm -hmm. And so how do you plan for um, multiple scenarios all at the same time? Um, how do you plan for a, a collection season when churches aren't meeting? Mm -hmm. uh, so we're looking at those questions. How do you plan to uh, work with 70,000 short-term volunteers to collect shoeboxes and another 70 to 80,000 short-term volunteers in processing centers and provide for them a ministry experience that they feel good about and uh, confident in? Uh, and so as you talk about the, the field hospitals and the response of Samaritan's Purse around the world, um, I think that that builds confidence in our volunteers. They see Samaritan's Purse going straight into the heart of the challenge, straight to the problem and uh, re responding and helping in Jesus' name. And that gives them confidence that we're gonna move forward together with Operation Christmas Child. And so um, some of the details of that, some of the mm -hmm. fun things that we get to think about and talk about is how to equip churches to uh, pack shoebox gifts when they're not meeting confidently yet. Mm -hmm. Or uh, how can we open up collection centers and processing centers in cities that are heavily stricken with COVID-19. And so th those are the things that we're looking at and we have some potential solutions if we need it. Mm -hmm. And so I know we did, um, we talked with a lot of our U.S. disaster response um, teams and how they had to make modifications, you know, with their day volunteers and things like that. So do you have, I mean, plan A, plan B, plan C, do you have those kind of things set up ahead of time, how you're going to move forward? We do. Okay. We, that's our job, right, is mm -hmm. to try to move the program forward in, in as traditional uh, of a way as possible. But we're taking a look at all the contingency plans. So years ago, God gave us this idea to uh, allow people to donate shoebox gifts online. Mm -hmm. So you can contribute uh, a financial contribution uh, of $25, and you can actually go online with your family and pick the items you'd like to include in your shoebox, whether it goes to a boy or to a girl. Uh, upload a letter of encouragement to the child. You upload a, a photograph uh, of you and your family, and Samaritan's Purse will pack a shoebox gift So uh, on your behalf. So that's a great option for 
people who don't feel comfortable shopping, people who don't feel comfortable going out on their own. Uh, to expand that this year for churches, we're uh, working on an option uh, for a build a shoebox gift online for churches. So uh, uh, when we're standing up a collection location, we're, we're partnering with 5,000 churches across the United States to collect shoebox gifts on behalf of Samaritan's Purse. So we're gonna equip those volunteers and churches with PPE, with masks and with gloves. And if you're dropping off your shoebox gift and uh, you don't want to come in contact with anyone, we're providing this year a contact-free option. So we'll be talking a lot about that in our social media and our email blasts and things like that to inform our giving public uh, that there are multiple ways to participate in Operation Christmas Child as a donor. Uh, as a volunteer, of course, at those uh, collection centers and drop-off locations, we'll have the PPE. At our processing centers, of course, we have eight of those warehouses. Last year, I had the chance to volunteer at one of these eight processing centers. What you hear in the background now are sounds from that day. The processing centers play a vital role in ensuring that our program is safe for the kids receiving the box. We don't want anything in the box that will jeopardize the program or hurt the children. Therefore, every single box is inspected. A pencil, this will be awesome. Supplies for school. Items are removed and some are added depending on the need. And this couldn't happen without faithful volunteers. Meeting so many of them blew me away by their joy and stamina and the way they obediently serve in this ministry. As Randy mentioned, things will likely look different this year. We have multiple contingency plans in place, but the one thing that will remain the same is that every shoebox will be inspected and prepared for overseas shipping. The ministry is doing its best to adapt and equip all moving parts in order to send shoeboxes to children around the world. One of our podcast team members, Kendra, had the chance to speak to Jody and Amy Winstead, project leaders from Tennessee. They're finding new and creative ways, despite the pandemic, to reach their goal of collecting 1,500 shoeboxes this year. Hi, I'm Amy Winstead, and I'm a project leader at Milan Baptist Church in Maynardville, Tennessee. I'm also a year-round volunteer with the Operation Christmas Child Area team. Um, I have been involved in Operation Christmas Child for about 10 or 11 years now, with almost seven of those being on the year-round team. My name is uh, Pastor Jody Winstead. I've been the pastor of Milan Baptist Church now for four plus years. I've been in the ministry for 25 plus years, serving the Lord Jesus, and we're very thankful for all the opportunities he's given for us to be able to work in the ministry. We heard about Operation Christmas Child many years ago, and uh, we were exposed to it at another church. Amy, of course, fell in love with it, and in doing so, I, I did as well, understanding how important the ministry is in reaching children all around the world with the most important message of all, the message of our Savior. Absolutely. Thank you so much for explaining that. Um, so speaking of, Amy, you explained that you served as an OCC project leader. So for those that are listening that don't necessarily understand that role, will you dive into that just a little bit deeper for us? What does that require of you? A project leader is a church or group go-to person, um, heads up Operation Christmas Child Packing, um, distribution of go boxes uh, for congregations or groups to fill and bring back full of all kinds of little goodies. And um, we send out impact stories and just get the messaging out of what Operation Christmas Child is all about. 
and just hope to ignite people to pack shoeboxes. I love that. Just the the image of the body of Christ coming together with their different gifts and talents and abilities and setting differences aside and also using their their God-given talents to pack creative shoeboxes, to pack um, with one another, to pack with family. So yeah. Amy, will you just go into what exactly it takes um, on a day-to-day basis to make that happen, to send out, at, at this point, it looks like your your goal is still to pack 1,500 shoe boxes yeah. this year. What does that take? Oh my goodness, Kendra, it takes a lot of dedication and a team of people who love this ministry. When National Collection Week comes and goes, we don't stop. And um, there's no place to stop in the ministry. We are still searching for those awesome deals, looking for um, Christmas sales. Um, We're right now hitting up those back-to-school sales and filling our uh, OCC room at our church with all kinds of goodies for our pencil pouches. But we do collections year-round. This year looks a lot different, though, with COVID-19. But the work is still going. We're still packing two boxes, and there's still preparations that have to be done daily, weekly, monthly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, speaking of COVID-19, so it has caused a strain on so many things. Um, but I just want to know, why are you still committed to packing shoeboxes in the midst of this pandemic? And how are you How are you making it happen? The reason why we are continuing, and we're staying true to our God-given goal that he gave us last year, 1,500 shoeboxes for 2020, The world needs Jesus, Kendra. Uh, Right now, more than ever, they need to feel his love. We are going through an unprecedented time, and there's so much darkness. There's so much fear and anxiety. And we know that that precious little shoebox is hope, and it's light in the darkness. It's not just school supplies and not just um, toys, but it's going with the gospel of Jesus. And they are hearing his name, some for the very first time. And there is no end to that. There's no stopping that. Um, so we're pressing on. We're we're working hard. And we're trying our best to make sure that the church realizes how important it is that we continue. Um, we may not reach our 1500 goal. And God knows uh, we're going to try. One of the things that is so interesting uh, to me as a pastor and one of the scriptures that is fixed on my heart during this time, we know with the COVID-19, things have changed in certainly a mighty way. But I'm reminded in the first few chapters of the book of Nehemiah, he had a God-given purpose and a God-given uh, anointed job to do. And in doing so, he continues to stay focused through prayer and observation of what needs to be done. As a pastor, we have continued to try to encourage our church that even during these times, the Great Commission is still necessary. Lives still need to be changed. So we've tried to lead them and help them to understand that this is still necessary. I know we're all concerned about our own lives and things that are happening around us, but we also want to understand that God, of course, is still leading his church to be the brightest light in this darkness. And what is so interesting about the story of Nehemiah is they learn to adapt to every situation. You can imagine the building process. The next thing you know, they're dealing with enemies, and we're dealing with an enemy. The COVID-19 is an enemy, there is no doubt. But they adapted. They continued the work. I was so encouraged to hear Jody talk about Nehemiah because that's the exact same passage I've been studying this week. 
Just like Jody mentioned, Nehemiah was tasked with a huge calling and an anointed job from the Lord. He didn't take this calling lightly, and he relied heavily on prayer, God's wisdom, and his favor. Nehemiah obediently took on this huge task while taking precautions and adapting when needed. Although we aren't rebuilding a wall, Operation Christmas Child is a huge calling that our leadership does not take lightly. Like Nehemiah prays with urgency and dependence, he's also quick to remember God's favor, which gave them confidence to do this mighty task. He says in chapter two, verse 18, I told them how the gracious hand of my God had been on me and what the king had said to me. They said, let's start rebuilding, and their hands were strengthened to do this good work. Operation Christmas Child staff and volunteers are strengthened by what God has done in the past and the favor that he's had on the ministry, which gives them confidence to push forward, knowing that even in all the uncertainties that God will accomplish his purpose. Although it may look and sound different this year, we will continue to push forward to spread God's love through Operation Christmas Child. Each of these individualized shoeboxes filled with toys, school supplies, and so much more is a perfect picture of the gospel. The children who are given these gifts didn't do anything to earn it. They just chose to take it, open it, and receive God's hope. And you mentioned it earlier, you know, kids need hope more than ever. And I agree, because I've watched that in my kids and we have the hope of Jesus in our home. So I've grieved for those that don't know Christ during this uncertain time. So is it gonna be, you mentioned you are involved in over 120 countries. Mm -hmm. Will those be limited? Are you having a hard time getting access to different countries? The best way to answer that question is, of course, there are some areas of the world that are more locked down mm-hmm. than others. Mm-hmm. Some are some are more open than others. And we have a team of regional directors, regional managers here at our, our international headquarters in Boone, North Carolina, that call our national leadership teams weekly. They check in on them and uh, work with them to move ministry forward uh, in every pocket of the world where possible, where it's safe and under local Mm -hmm. guidelines and restrictions. And so I can confidently tell you that Shoebox Gifts, the gospel, the greatest journey, the follow-up discipleship program is moving forward in many pockets of the world and uh, increasing daily and will be ready to receive our Shoebox Gifts uh, this Christmas. We also had the opportunity to hear from Simeon in Burundi. He's one of the national leadership team coordinators for Operation Christmas Child which means that he's on the receiving end of shoeboxes. People like Jody and Amy work to facilitate and pack and send these shoeboxes, and Simeon receives them in countries like Burundi. And he helps ensure that they reach the hands of children in need. So will you just uh, introduce yourself and what you do for Samaritan's Purse? Yes, uh, my name is Simeon Javiarimana. I am uh, the national coordinator for OCC Burundi. Burundi, which is located in uh, Central Africa or East Africa, as we call it today. So because the ministry has been in Burundi since 2008, will you dive deeper into the history and the significance of the ministry in Africa? Wonderful, yes. Actually, um, let me say that um, I've been involved um, uh, with um, Operation Christmas Child since uh, 2012, all these years. And... um, It's one of those ministries you can say, I praise the Lord for being part of it because I see the impact of what 
the uh, OCC is doing in Burundi, particularly, and when we meet with people, leaders from uh, other parts of Africa, I hear the same stories, which are so amazing. Churches have been impacted. That's what I've seen personally. OCC has brought many churches together. Even as I'm talking to you, I've seen many denominations, some of them that have never worked together in unity, but when we bring a box and we introduce the program, we see those churches coming together and working together. There have been some reconciliation that took part because of uh, Operation Christmas Child. So it's not just a shoebox. It really is the gospel being propelled forward. So it's just so good to hear from you. Mm. So my next question is, so despite COVID-19, your team is still passionate about receiving shoebox gifts this year. Why is it so important for the children in Burundi? It's an opportunity for us to demonstrate the love of Christ, our Savior. Despite, despite that hard living condition that our country has been passing through for many years, COVID-19, war, and everything, but demonstration of the love of Christ as our Savior is very important. One ministry partner told me about the boxes. I've been involved in many ministries. I am a pastor for many years. So with the box, it's easy to reach out to children, to reach out to families in the communities, to present the gospel of Jesus Christ, to disciple them, to equip them to be active disciples. Can you imagine a child who is witnessing, who is evangelizing his house, his peer groups in schools, in the community? So a box, to me, is an opportunity to plant churches as a pastor now. As we reach far to the unreached areas in our remote places, we have seen new church being planted in unreached places. So why is it important to receive a box? A box to me is a tool to introduce the gospel and the tool which may help us to start a long journey, which will be eternal journey actually, leading people to Christ even more than this, after they receive Christ to be discipled as a, to multiply other people to be disciples as well. So it's very important to me and to the children as well. Amen. That's amazing. So Christ's name is being proclaimed through the work of Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child. What would you say to those here in America and all the other countries that are packing shoeboxes? What would you say to those who are planning to pack and send a shoebox this year? Oh, what a wonderful question for me. May the Lord bless them. That's the first thing I have to start with saying. Actually, with the hardship the world is going through today with this pandemic, uh, I, I have to say to them, may the Lord gives you courage and strength and protection every day. Because why I'm saying this first, when I heard the pandemic coming, now this is really serious now of me as Simeon, my, I, I was crying. I said, oh, will this pandemic stop people sending us boxes? Will we never receive boxes again because the pandemic is blocking the traffic, is bro- blocking airlines, is blocking the world, is locking down nations? I found that uh, people are praying in the United States. People are just committed to continue this work. I said, praise God. So what do I tell them? Boxes are a great tool for us to introduce the gospel to children and to families. Those who give and pack boxes are part of us. We are a team together. 
we can't do without them what they do in USA or wherever they pack the boxes, it impacts us. It gives us a ministry right here down in, Bujumbura, in Bujumbura, in Burundi, in Africa. The box is the beginning of a great journey. We are looking forward to receiving boxes this year. Remember, if one box represents one gospel opportunity, we are uh, planning to receive about roughly 200,000 boxes this year. Uh, now, if you think of 200,000 gospel opportunity, what does this mean? We have a teams praying for those who pack boxes. We want them not to be tired. Please tell them if you can convey this on my behalf as on the other side of receiving end. Ask them, please don't be tired. We are praying for you. Continue. Bring more boxes you can. There are so many people who need to hear the gospel. So many children who want to be disciples, who some of them have never heard the gospel. As I think of those who are packing the boxes, frankly, I have tears in my eyes because I say, how can someone from a different continent think of someone from another far end the continent, Africa, far in the remote? All I can do is to pray for them that the Lord will continue to cover them with his love each one of those who are packing boxes. One day, we shall rejoice together when the Lord will call us by name and say, well done, my faithful servant. That will be me, that will be you packing the boxes, that will be us together. We shall rejoice in this work. I just love hearing Simeon's heart and his prayer for everyone involved in preparing boxes for Operation Christmas Child. He prays that we won't grow tired because he knows firsthand the impacts the boxes have on the church and the communities around the world. I know I was encouraged knowing that our brothers and sisters around the world are praying for us as we partner together in this ministry. Prayer is a foundation of this ministry and we're reminded in Philippians 1, three through five, how important it is. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you always praying with joy for all of you in every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Thank you so much for praying and for being involved in this ministry. Here are some prayer requests that we have been entrusted with. I will ask for prayer of protection, just that God would keep his hedge of protection around our church congregation, our church family, our communities, our nation. Um, just pray for the safety of his people um, and help us not to forget how important it is that the gospel go out, even here locally. I, could, I truly would ask that you pray that we in our church, uh, the local church, and not just uh, where we serve, that we would yield ourselves to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He is the one to get everything done. It is, it is him who burdens our hearts and draws us toward ministry. When we yield ourselves to his guidance, I mean, what's the wonderful during these times? Yes, he is our comforter. What a blessing. During these uncertain times, he comforts. He gives strength and he gives encouragement but also know that he gives direction. Mm -hmm. So pray, please pray that each one of us who are believers 
Yes, we have plans, we have goals, we have hopes, but I pray that we always allow those plans, hopes, and goals to come in alignment with what thus saith the will of God and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The, the chief way that I keep encouraging uh, people to pray for Operation Christmas Child is that uh, the church worldwide, the, the body, of Christ would begin to open up and gather together confidently again. Mm. Um, that's the number one prayer that I have for OCC. As, as secondly, uh, is for God's faithfulness and provision to be on Operation Christmas Child. Uh, you know, statistics will tell you that 80% of the people who come to know Jesus come to know Jesus in a relationship with Jesus between the ages of four and 14. Mm. The age categories for Operation Christmas Child are two to four, five to nine, and 10 to 14. It's by design, by God's design, not by mistake. And so uh, children are eager to hear the gospel. And so uh, that God would provide uh, like never before in shoebox gifts and opportunity to share uh, the gospel. And, and thirdly, I'd pray for our staff and volunteers who are navigating relationships on behalf of Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child on the ground. They're calling churches, not knowing for sure if those churches are meeting yet, mm-hmm. um, trying to serve those churches on behalf of Samaritan's Purse and trying to lovingly care for them and remind those churches of uh, of the need uh, for children mm-hmm. to have hope around the world. And so those are three great ways to pray that the churches would reopen for God's provision and faithfulness again mm-hmm. um, and for our staff and volunteers. Pray for um, uh, our team as they move from mountains to valleys, from city to villages. The main prayer really is for our team, for God's protection, for good health, for the zeal to continue to do this work. We are all excited to be part of these ministries. I hope you were encouraged from hearing from Simeon. He was in tears when he thought about the potential of not receiving shoeboxes this year. One thing we know for sure about COVID is that guidelines are always changing. And we have an incredible resource, a COVID-19 specific page on our website that we are updating regularly. So we'll put the link in our show notes if you wanna get more information. And if you wanna hear more about Operation Christmas Child, you can go back and listen to previous episodes. Operation Christmas Child in Ecuador, and another called Processing Center for Operation Christmas Child. Before we go, I wanna give you a timely update of another work that Samaritan's Purse is doing. I'm always amazed at the seamlessly limitless stories of how God is using Samaritan's Purse around the world. We recently launched a response to COVID-19 in Sudan, and I asked Nick Beckert, our team lead on the ground, to give us an update. This is Nick Beckert with the uh, International Disaster Response Unit. I'm talking to you from Khartoum, Sudan. Uh, When Samaritan's Purse responded to the COVID-19 pandemic by sending care units to Italy and New York City, though the world took notice of the the high quality of care being provided, uh, as those responses were still going on, the Prime Minister of Sudan, Abdallah Hamdok, wrote to Samaritan's Purse to see if we could share our expertise and come to support Sudan in their fight against the virus. Uh, We now have a 15-person medical response team on the ground, including critical care doctors and nurses that gained their experience with COVID by working at our respiratory care unit in Italy. We have formed a partnership with the Ministry of Health to establish a national training center for COVID-19. 
It focuses on both case management and infection prevention controls to safeguard health workers. Beyond the COVID-19 response, this is an incredibly historic and exciting time for, for Sudan. It has been just over a year since a transitional government took over uh, from the overthrown president, Omar al-Bashir. And in that time, uh, the new government has shown an openness to reform, uh, and they have took on another big step this past weekend. Uh, I was meeting with a group of local pastors on Saturday who were excitedly telling me uh, about the headline in the Khartoum newspapers that morning. It was a quote from the Minister of Justice said, we canceled Article 126 of the Sudanese criminal law and have ensured religious freedom and equality in citizenship and the rule of law. So this Article 126, uh, it, was, it was from the 1991 Criminal Code. It, it codified stoning to death as the punishment put in place for apostasy. Uh, this would be the abandonment of Islam through actions or words. Uh, and one of the pastors in the room went on to share how he himself had been beaten and fled for his life after becoming a follower of Jesus. Uh, it was an emotional moment sitting with these pastors who have endured so much for their faith, celebrating the, the new freedoms that Christians now have inside and outside of the, the church walls here in Sudan. What I loved hearing most was Nick explaining how the changes in Sudan had impacted his own faith. After meeting with the pastors, I went back to the office and soon found myself in Matthew 10 as I reflected on that meeting. Jesus speaks to the disciples about fear and persecution. In verses 26 and 27, he says, So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. I've been inspired by the courage of the church in Sudan and how they were faithful in overcoming fear for decades in the face of these newly rescinded laws and also their excitement to be able to now proclaim in the light the hope of Jesus. Please join with our team here in Khartoum in prayer as we thank God for these new freedoms, opportunities, and the plans he has in store for the church, uh, and that God would bless and equip Samaritan's Purse as we continue in our long history of Sudan of, of loving our neighbors here in need. Nick asked a local pastor how we could continue to pray for our work in Sudan and around the world. Well, I encourage everybody uh, to support the work of Samaritan's Purse because they are doing wonderful work, not only in Sudan, but in many other countries. And uh, our specific uh, uh, request for prayer is to pray for peace. There is a, a negotiation going on under the auspices of the government of South Sudan. Uh, and we pray, we ask your prayers to pray that the government and the different armed groups agree and sign a comprehensive peace uh, in the country and that the churches will experience more freedom to uh, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ.